0: Okay, well, here is episode one of the Unchanging Education podcast. I'm Dan Clemens, your host. So, um, let me just first talk about the title. It should be instructive. Uh, Unchanging Education um, refers to changing education out of something that is uniformly student-centered. Um, so there's the the idea is that we want to undo a change um, that's occurred over the past 100 years where education has become dominated you might say um, by one way of thinking and that way of thinking is student-centered as opposed to teacher-centered so seeing this change uh, as undesirable and wanting to undo it um, is one of the meanings of unchanging education. And a second meaning is, of course, if we're gonna create a a new or a different kind of balance and de-emphasize student-centered or SC and emphasize teacher-centered or re-emphasize a kind of a a lost emphasis of teacher-centered or TC education. That's also a return to essential or perennial Ideas. So it's getting back to a kind of a notion about transmitting universal, um, unchanging ideas. Universal, you know, here meaning something like true um, in, in all places at all times. Um, kind of deeper truths that are unchanging. Um, okay. So what what are student-centered and teacher-centered let me get to that in just one minute let me just first talk about this idea of of a balance or an imbalance and how it exists so there is an imbalance in education um, that you know privileges or prioritizes this you know so-called student-centered model or approach But this is a this imbalance is a little more complicated than it seems at first. Um, So on the first level, just thinking about if we think about education as such, in general, in the most general terms, the whole system, we say that it. The argument that I will make is that it's too student-centered. But just thinking about theory about pedagogy pedagogy as educational theory uh, as as opposed to practice is let's just say for the sake of argument is something like 100 percent student centered okay that the theory aspect in education called pedagogy is completely dominated by this um, theory however when it comes to the actual practice of teaching classroom teaching uh, what teachers really do um there's certainly more balance it isn't you know let's just say again for the just for the sake of convenience that actual teaching teaching professionals practitioners um, perhaps without knowing it or unwittingly they are already using a mix of about 5050 student-centered and teacher-centered type approaches um, often they're aware of it or you know when they have to you know, when they have to use what's called direct instruction, which basically means talking and explaining. They're often apologetic, right, as if they're doing something bad or wrong. Because implicitly, they're acknowledging student-centered, which means the teacher shouldn't be talking, the students should be talking. And Again, we'll get more into, you know, the difference and the distinctions. Um, You know, anyone, any listener who is an educator already knows a lot of this stuff, but I'll, I'll talk more about TC and SC, teacher centered and student-centered for, for a layperson. So the idea is that while the teaching practice is fairly balanced, or is the closest thing we have to balance, educational theory, i.e. pedagogy, is completely dominated by student-centeredness. So when you put you know the teaching and practice together, that's where you get to what I'm talking about is the imbalance in the whole structure, the whole system, like yeah, you know, that encompasses both theory and practice. Uh, and that that is something like let's just say 75, right? If theory is 100% student-centered, and we posit that you know the teaching practice is still quite even or balanced, then education itself is something like 75, you know, for example, right? Uh, just just making an average of the two figures. So what we'd like to do, perhaps the best way to correct this, I think, is to boost the prominence or prevalence of teacher-centered theory. Um, And conveniently, I think that a lot of the, um, perhaps a lot of the most insightful, most rigorous um, work that exists in education, um, in in sort of looking back at the whole canon, the whole oeuvre of all the great thinkers who have lent their thought to the topic of education, um that there I think we're going to find a lot of good reason um, to push back against this you know I'll talk more about this but against this monopoly or orthodoxy that there's this one true way this one dimensional thinking in in education Um, in that in the theoretical level um, no real competition Exists that there is no diversity of ideas that there's no marketplace per se, right? That's that's kind of all implied with words like domination, right? One dimensionality. Um, a lot of listeners will be familiar with um, the phrase of the danger of a single story, right? And I think that certainly applies in education, but it's not the single story of you know this cruel, crushing, monolithic, teacher-centered establishment that this sort of plucky band of student-centered rebels are always punching up against, trying to unseat somehow. Um, I think that that kind of narrative itself is a part of student-centered theory. Right? Um, so when... like, Despite a hundred years of student-centered domination at the theoretical level, Part of that dominant narrative is that it is not dominant, that it's always fighting versus, like I said, teacher centeredness. Um, so when I say that the imbalance exists and that it favors student centered over teacher centered and has for a hundred years, that's going to seem odd to anyone inside education. It's just the opposite of what we've all been told, right? That teacher centered is the bad old way. And uh, new teachers are being trained to correct education itself. So, strangely, um, this, the prevalence of the idea that student centeredness is not dominant, is itself perhaps strangely only proof of the dominance of student centered ideas. Yeah, because part of the theory of student centeredness is its own secondary position, despite you know, despite you know, I'm I'm categorizing it as having 100% dominance in terms of pedagogy. Okay, and again, that 50, 75, 100. These numbers are just used for convenience' sake and just for for introducing the the general ideas here. Okay, so let me talk about uh, TC and SE to a layperson Okay, uh, I don't want to. I'm going to be talking about teacher centered and student centered a lot, um, so I'm going to start to use Uh, TC and SC more and more Um, I think that's pretty easy to keep track of and the other when I'm talking about the balance between the two of them uh, I'm using the acronym of TVSC which means teacher versus student-centered and the idea there is that we need them uh, locked in kind of a battle with each other you can call it a, a dialectic or a dichotomy a duality But the idea is that we want these two different kinds of ideas, these different approaches, ways of thinking, and ways of teaching. Um, We kind of want them to exist. And the idea is that each of them can make the other one better and they can check and balance, uh, act as a system of checks and balances, one upon another to prevent excess or decadence. Okay. So in most general terms, um, in my interpretation, and teacher-centeredness, uh, something that's called direct instruction is good, uh, which basically means that you listen to the expert. A university lecture, even perhaps to some extent uh, a podcast, kind of captures this idea um, of someone who, if you're listening to them, they really should have some expertise. Now, perhaps you're listening to them just because they're entertaining. Uh, but I think a lot of people are, are trying to straddle both. Um, but let's separate education from entertainment and just say teacher centeredness posits that direct instruction is good right that students listening to the teachers is good Um, but also it's only good to the extent that the teacher knows what they're talking about Um, so listening to an expert listening to someone who knows more about something than you do is a good thing okay but it's also really important in this model uh, that the teachers really have to know their stuff now in student-centeredness which largely to, to a large extent just kinda of says that teacher-centered the teacher-centered thing is bad it's very um... it's a very kind of contrary kind of structure that you know direct instruction is bad, listening to an expert is bad and um, this idea that teachers really need to know what they're talking about is bad too but being more charitable um, and reconstructing student-centeredness not as a negation of teacher-centeredness but as its own so-called positive um, sort of thinking. Teacher-centeredness, we'll say, instead of direct instruction being good, active or activities, like activity-based active type learning is good, right? Um, So, we we don't want the teacher talking and the students listening. Uh, We probably want as much as possible, the inversion, right? We want the students talking and the teacher listening, right? So, that direct instruction, listening, it's passive and therefore it's bad. Okay, active is good and passive is bad. And of course, it imagines that in teacher centeredness, students are passive and therefore teacher centeredness is bad. And so, it's not really that important for a teacher to really know what they're talking about because, um, for the most part, kids are kind of teaching themselves. They're kind of guiding their own learning, responsible for their own learning, uh, these kinds of phrases. So what has ultimately happened, and uh, again, took root about 100 years ago, and now I think is, I'm using the word dominant. I mean, I could try to emphasize that by saying that student-centeredness is sort of super dominant in some sense. Um, But what we see, and what we have seen, is what what I would characterize as a, a demonization of teacher-centeredness, right? That that TC is a wicked threat. Why? Well, because it's bad in at least two ways. It's cruel, and it's ineffective. Meaning that it is bad both in a normative or moral judgment kind of sense. Okay, it's normatively bad uh, because it's cruel, and it's also descriptively bad because it's ineffective and because it doesn't work or doesn't yield results right so it's bad because it's mean and it's bad because it doesn't work And at the same time demonizing TC and exalting SC right to raise it in power because it is doubly good um it ostensibly breaks from this whole tradition whereby teachers have always been cruel and it starts to be kind Right, and this is what I think a lot of new teachers they're kind of um, they're kind of sold this kind of myth basically that they have arrived now on the scene in the present to correct some historic injustice whereby teachers have always been these you know cruel you know malignant you know torturers and not only are they now going to be the kind corrective to history but um, at least to the history of education, perhaps, you know, to history itself. Um, But they're also going to start to be effective, because the old way is passive and boring, and no one ever learns anything. So they get to be good in both ways. They're both um, normatively, again, basically just means morally good, and they're also good uh, descriptively, in terms of their effectiveness. So, that is... Kind of the preliminary introduction that is something like a preface, um, just based on the way that I'm thinking about it and constructing it today. Um, so why don't I just keep going and uh, dig a little more, dive just a little bit deeper, and um, continue on, um, you know, exploring these these ideas. So. Um, As I've already kind of indicated, my purpose is to offer a counterpoint and to express a minority opinion in uh, the educational theory or pedagogical landscape. In my view, the overwhelmingly dominant narrative is that student-centeredness is new and good, while teacher centered is old and bad. So I've already tried to break down why I I don't really think it's... It's neither true that student-centeredness is new, Like I said, it's been dominant for a 100 years and basically not only have teachers don't really know about teacher-centered ideas, neither have their teachers nor their teachers nor their teachers going back generations now. So student-centeredness isn't new, though it often likes to present itself as sort of being this new cutting-edge kind of thing, um, always imagining that it's just starting right that it's like a a startup but it's not um and also there's no reason to believe that it is good while the other is bad right i mean there's no real evidence to suggest that um that it is that student centeredness is duly good in this way that i've described and that teacher centeredness is duly bad in the other way this is something like a founding myth you know, the way that often a founding or creation myth uh, can be at the heart of any kind of, any way of thinking or or any any type of belief. So the idea here is that a better narrative would be a dualism between these two approaches, right? Right now the dominant narrative is that basically we need as much student-centeredness as possible because it's perhaps not even just dually good but totally and wholly good. And that teacher-centeredness is bad and cruel and, and it, it, it's almost set up in terms of, of a, good in, a good and evil struggle right? that this you know, new good thing, student centeredness uh, is here to destroy the evil um, TC mode um, but what we need to get back to, in my opinion, is really a contest of ideas between these things and a balance and something like an appreciation um, for the way that they can both work. They don't necessarily both have to be working together at the same time. Like, one teacher in one classroom doesn't have to be, you know, bouncing between both. Um, But, you know, certainly within a school, there's going to be a healthy mix of these things with completely different styles. Um, And so the idea is that if we want to get back to where the two existed in kind of a healthy creative tension uh, we'd have to go back at least a hundred years So, put another way you can say that this is a matter of seeking to rebalance or to shift the paradigm. Obviously paradigm shift is a bit of a cliche um, but it's apropos because the loss of actually the bulk and the history of ideas in education it may seem like a virtue to the hardline student-centered crowd, but it is not, right? Um, this is a matter of sweeping away the vast bulk of the history of education, uh, which is made palatable through the myth that the history of education is, by and large, a history of ineffective cruelty uh, visited upon you know, innocent, good-natured, kind-hearted children by these, you know vicious malignant adults and it's just a complete we can call it a caricature or a cartoon of what education has meant uh, through the course of civilization Um, it's simply not a benefit it's not a virtue to elide the the vast bulk of the history of education um, in, in general or teacher centeredness You know, when I say a a cartoon or a caricature, I'm also thinking of uh, logical fallacies. Like The the most common would be a straw man. Um, So, straw man basically means that you set up uh, an idea, let's just say teacher-centered education. Um, You you construct it or reconstruct it in such a way to make it easy to refute, to knock it down. Um, But there's actually, uh, in a way, a more severe form of the straw man um which is called the hollow man uh which doesn't sort of recast a theory in in a way to make it easy to refute or knock down it actually just invents a position that isn't even held um by a kind of like an interlocutor someone that you'd be you know arguing against i think that's a better description um So, a lot of this is predicated on, on a lot of, you know, really uh, powerful political ideas, um, that progressivism is, it has kind of a particular specific meaning in education, and also it has kind of a more a broader a general meaning in, in culture and in society. But the idea here in education, you know, keeping it in the education space, is that what we need to do is break from the past, because the past is basically backward. Okay? So there's an intent uh, towards this historical discontinuity. And it is seen as a virtue. And I'm, you know, basically right now I'm just sort of making the the, the point. I'm not really making the argument as yet. Um, But the idea here is that this weakens rather than strengthens the field. Um, The field of education that basically we're much better off with having something that i'm I'm thinking of and I'm advancing as teacher versus student centered um, and having these two things uh, again um, in kind of a fair fight, so to speak, and then that generally just has a huge advantage um, again this idea you're hearing more and more of this phrase that steel sharpens steel, and yeah uh, I think that we we need this. You know, instead of a monopoly, we need this bustling marketplace of ideas. um, And um, we need, you know, diversity of thought and opinions and approaches. Now, interestingly, and I've already touched on this briefly, but this, like, it still exists um, in in the actual practice of teachers, right? That, you know, teachers are, they might be under considerable pressure to be more and more and more student centered. But ultimately they're going to, you know, close the doors of their classrooms and teach in a way that, that works for them based on their own trial and error over years or decades. So um, the way that the student-centered dominance operates, um, it's much more pronounced in the theoretical or pedagogical level. And it's less pronounced, uh, but still certainly prominent um, in, in amongst practicing teachers and certainly there's a divide here between you know new young teachers and um experienced you know veteran older teachers but not always okay so in theory um only student-centeredness is permitted because teacher-centeredness is dually bad again um normatively and descriptively and a lot of new teachers think um have this kind of like fuzzy idea that student-centeredness is you know greater than teacher-centeredness and that's basically what what they learn that's what's taught um and they all come to experience you know oh sorry all experienced teachers i'd say passively come to balance student-centeredness with teacher centeredness um and but they don't realize it because they're not exposed to the ideas or they're not exposed to teacher centered ideas and theories um but they kind of stop doing the teacher-centered things and start doing their own thing Um, but in a way what i'm suggesting is that they're not really aware that they're actually much more teacher-centered practitioners Um, because it's it would actually just sort of be in bad taste and it would just it would almost be like announcing that you are like a backwards dinosaur to say no i'm actually i'm i I, let's say I, i identify as a teacher-centered teacher um, it would be it wouldn't exactly be career suicide but it would be certainly for for like education school like you know bachelor of education graduates or pre-service teachers um, without using the proper correct student-centered language it's going to be pretty hard to get a job um, so again that's kinda this bridge between you know these, this dominance in, in theory, and uh, education schools are, are, are quite theoretical. Um, uh, and then when you actually become a teacher, um, there's less theoretical pressure upon you, and especially when, once you already have a job, right? You've established yourself. Um, anyway, that's why I'm, I'm, I want to sort of make the theoretical case for teacher-centeredness. Um, which will include some critique some criticism of um, the the, the student centered ideas in advancing teacher centeredness um, and a, a lot of you know a lot of what I've read um, they're they're perfectly intuitive insights um, you know th- to a- any experienced teacher that you might talk to uh, like like I said again al- many teachers already have these Passive um, sympathies with, with teacher-centeredness. Not because they love being cruel and ineffective, right? Uh, just because they do what really works. Um, and the problem is that, of course, it can it, it can appear to be, it might be seen as wrong-think, right? As heresy uh, to inexperienced teachers in education schools. Right? Like, like it, I think it would be difficult to comprehend even to grasp the idea that there's a a a reasonable intelligent way to make a case um, to make a case for teacher-centeredness especially over and against student-centeredness uh... anyway so again recreating a balance unchanging education which has become imbalanced in favor of student-centeredness and getting back to more of a, a balance or like i said a creative tension i think is a good way to think of it um again that i'm going to more and more um, refer to as you know tvsc teacher versus student centered right this tvsc balance uh, towards a greater diversity of ideas um and and i think there's an obvious benefit to that so yeah there's also sort of a general trend in, in universities um, that anything that can be labeled as traditional and conservative is bad. Um, and if it if it can be improved, then yeah you know, we need to sort of mobilize change against it. And it's very easy to make the case well, you know education can certainly be improved. Um, and like everyone seems to believe that. And so, in the context of a university um, where these education schools exist, you know, if everyone agrees that education could be better, that it could be changed or improved, then um, you know there's there's a tendency, um, sort of a almost an anti-conservative tendency, that well, like let's just get busy with the work of changing it, um, and there's much less of an emphasis on well, let's make sure we don't lose the things that that, that we like that are that are working. Um, you know, are we going to err on the side of caution and make sure that we don't lose the good things? Or are we going to err on the side of, you know, change or even revolutionary change? And so when I say traditional and conservative, uh, in a way, it, it, almost, it almost fits. It almost makes sense. Uh, just thinking back to these letters of TC, standing for teacher-centered. If you were to replace these this T and this C with traditional conservative, uh, obviously that's that's going to scare off a lot of you know potential um, potential listeners like you know anyone who's listening that is a teacher um, is most likely to be as offput by teacher centered as they would be by traditional conservative type ideas in teaching. But I, I think it's it's probably fair. Uh, to bite the bullet and kind of say, well, when I say TC, um, obviously I'm, I'm referring to teacher-centered, but could it be re-understood or reimagined as you know TC as representing traditional conservative ideas in education? And I think I, I would have to admit, yes, uh, I, I, it's 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 going to save time now to concede the point. Um, yeah, to some to some people that might just seem well, that's Again, irredeemably bad, right? Because teacher-centeredness and traditionalness and conservativeness—again, it probably all fits into that dually bad, if not deplorable, category of you know normatively and descriptively bad, right? Cruel and ineffective. So, it's almost—it almost has to be stated that um, in this sense. Uh, unchanging education back to reclaim or at least to rebalance uh, the current excesses of student centeredness or, uh, you know, the sort of progressive hard left capture of education. Um, that some infusion of different ideas, uh, even radically different ideas uh, that might be labeled as traditional or conservative, that ultimately that would still be good. Um, again, the idea is that we want uh, a healthy balance. Um, and also that, you know, education uh, can be changed and improved gradually. Um, and that also we can make education better without creating new problems through unintended consequences. Um, that's really, like, that's almost all that conservative really means to me. Is, um I think there's a misconception that conservative means being against change. Uh, it's really just a matter of erring on the side of caution, of you know, avoiding unintended consequences. We all want to make things better, right? We can't sort of fall into the trap that you know, conservatives don't care about improving things. This is completely false. Everyone wants things to be better. Like there's no, I, I can't even imagine a rational case for not wanting things to be better. But how do you know that you can make that thing better without making it worse, um, without creating new unintended consequences? Um, so there's a sense that to keep an old thing and um, that to err on the side of assuming that what is, like that the way that things are might be pretty good, and that there are a lot of risks to changing things, um, especially changing things that work. But it's certainly more, more appealing and perhaps more fashionable or, you know, the way this term is used sometimes now, it's more sexy just to kind of say, well, no, we just, there's little risk of making anything worse because the way that things are, the status quo, is already just unimaginably horrible. So there's no downside of any risk to any change, um, to just giving complete and total license to any kind of, any kind of change. Or revolution. So, where these things overlap, TC as teacher-centered, um, and TC as indicating traditional or conservative. Um, more specifically, this leads into, you know, two two terms, two ideas in education. Um, that is, well, what is essential in education, and what is perennial, um, meaning. You know what is the sort of the the essence in terms of the ideas, and um, the things that need to keep coming back again year year after year, right? A kind of a, a, a continuity and an inheritance of sort of great ideas. Um, this this suggests something like a, a great books curriculum um, that that there are some things not just some works but also some some ideas um that are timeless right that there's a a time timelessness again i think all this is you know indicated in the term unchanging right um traditional conservative or essential essentialism and perennialism are kind of specific theories within education um but here um again i'm not going to get too into that until i start talking about like specific thinkers Teacher-centeredness does emphasize the timeless or the universal, uh, you know, works and ideas and thinkers. You know, Uh, Socrates might be maybe the the very best example um, that there's a timelessness to, you know, ancient Greek philosophy, for example. Um, So, student-centeredness, on the other hand, um, is certainly much more interested in and it would certainly emphasize not timeless but timely right and uh, of course there's a good argument for that too right Uh, we don't have kids uh, learning how to use typewriters because that it's not timely it's also not timeless I mean there's no there's no great benefit to it anymore it's just just becomes pointless right Um, so we do want some of our education to be timely Um, You know, because people obviously have to live in the present, and young people are going to inherit the future. And again, this just brings back to this idea of balance, right? Of course, that we want um, we want we want education to be timely, um, but again, thinking about imbalance and excess, student-centeredness seems almost obsessed with being timely and relevant. You're going to hear the word relevant um you know when you when you talk to student-centered educators today uh there's almost an obsession with relevance and it often takes the shape of you know timeliness um but you know it it wouldn't make any sense like to me to say that well socrates is he's he's irrelevant he's got nothing to teach us he's you know he's not timely and it doesn't matter because it's timeless in, in this i guess at least in this way of thinking about things okay Okay, so thinking more about these general broader trends, student-centeredness is also uh, post-structural or, or or progressive. You could even say um, that you know education is very much um, in line with a kind of a, a critical Marxist uh, ethos, um, and so it's making it timely and it's making it relevant. Now, generally, competition in a marketplace of ideas is good. So, again, coming back to this idea, this is a superficial reason for why a re-emphasis of so-called teacher-centered and a de-emphasis of SC is good. Um, of course, what we mean, what these terms mean, or they've, how, how they have come to be misunderstood, is, is a deeper concern. So, perhaps the first problem we encounter, due to a kind of pedagogical mythologization is the notion that, actually, teacher-centered ideas are still dominant while student-centeredness is struggling to unseat it. Okay, So just recapping this idea of this kind of founding myth. The problem deepens when we recognize that the way we think and talk about teaching is different than the way we actually teach. Okay, So again, recapitulating the, the, the theory practice discrepancy. We think and speak almost exclusively in student-centered terms. And yet, in practice, we continue to rely on the creative tension I label TVSC. So, while teachers blend these tendencies, the narrative surrounding teaching practice does not accord, as I believe there is an overwhelming pressure to think and speak and to identify as and with student centeredness. So, despite its shortcomings, as every single approach has costs and benefits, it has become nearly impossible to critique SC theory or to promote TC. And this, in my view, prevents genuine advancement in the field, right? That the progress of ideas in education is limited by this orthodoxy, right? This this one-dimensionality. For example, again, recapping here. New teachers learn that direct instruction is bad while activities are good. That careful or detailed explanations of important ideas is something one should apologize for. Because when students are passive, they are bored and direct instruction is boring. So rather than confront the real problem of becoming an effective or even a compelling communicator of important ideas, we can avoid the problem altogether. Yet that is misleading why should teachers struggle to get good at something bad, right? If explaining things, if direct instruction is bad, then first of all, I mean, why even cultivate, you know, teachers who might have a, a natural ability to communicate ideas to a group of people, but then why should they even struggle to get better at it? There is no way for me to deny that much of what falls is a critique of so-called student-centered, a term which for me also includes child and learner centered to me this all really means the same thing student centered, child centered, learner centered pedagogy with pedagogy meaning just one sort of philosophy educational philosophy Um, and so this is primarily a philosophical critique of ideas in education not of educators, teachers professors, schools, school boards and the like my critique as you've probably noticed is that there's a problem in education and also a false problem the problem is this dominance of student-centered over teacher-centered resulting in an imbalance education has lost its own mechanism to police the excesses of one tendency namely student-centeredness SC the false problem is that we don't have enough student-centeredness and we need more of it you can see how the false problem only compounds the real problem as I see it yet another problem All anyone seems to know is that student centeredness is new and good, while teacher centered is old and bad. This is false, too. Student centered has been the dominant paradigm in education for a hundred years. It's nothing new, per se, and teacher centeredness isn't bad, in the same way that traditional or conservative. These are not like bad, evil words, right? Like, there's almost no way to continue to proceed with this conversation about rebalancing um, education. Uh, if we can't acknowledge that a lot of potentially unmined or unexpected sources can have really powerful insights for us. Um, We can say that it, teacher-centeredness, is misunderstood because no one reads any of it and it's bad and because of a deliberate caricature. Because if history is written by the winners, the history of education has been rewritten or mythologized by student-centered whereby it is the conquering hero against tyranny and if power corrupts then the unchecked and unbalanced power of student-centered over teacher-centered manifests into the most severe problem of all. Education has reinterpreted itself into re-education as its essence. Here is where education may actually result in in a net negative against its own society. Okay, so society promotes education, of course, as it should. Uh, but strangely, society has come to promote an education that undermines society. Society thus undermines itself by re-educating its own citizens against itself. Now, I, I think I, I, I very briefly touched on this idea about, you know, critical Marxism, post-structural. Uh, kind of ideas and I haven't really delved into that but um, that's all kind of being indicated here okay so society promotes education which undermines society society thus undermines itself by re-educating its own citizens against itself and no society can sustain training its own citizens to destroy that very same society okay no society can sustain training its own citizens to destroy itself and, you know, this is. It can be. I, I have it described here as suicide by pedagogy, um, which is probably going to sound hyperbolic. Um, and it, it does kind of indicate that I take seriously the notion um, that there is a kind of a cultural revolution that's happening, um, and that it is largely happening in and through schools. And um, And ultimately, that it's. That it is itself a problem. That it's not a it's not a solution. Okay. So I think I want to stop here for episode one, um, and I'll kind of pick things up. Uh, you know, probably, probably in probably in a couple days. Um, so I just kind of wanted to get some some kind of general ideas out there. And uh, yeah, okay. So thanks very much for listening. And um, yeah, we'll pick things up in a couple days as uh, we continue talking about. TVSC, teacher versus student-centered philosophy, and uh, trying to rebalance uh, the kind of super dominance of student-centered excess uh, with a kind of a a, a cooling, calming, mediating influence of uh, teacher-centered ideas. Okay, thanks very much.